welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 1st of January 2012, entitled, Our Hope for Years to Come, and the Bible reading is Psalm 28. Here's Pastor Tom Gritz. Well, it's good to be with you this morning. Happy New Year to you. Uh, hopefully you didn't stay up too late last night. We had our uh, get-together at church. We were... Uh, there till midnight, and then we had fireworks, and we had all the other stuff go along with it too, and then finally left about 12:30, and getting back home, and uh, then of course they're having our service this morning at 11 o'clock also, and uh, just the one service this morning, and uh, uh, we hope everybody able to get up this morning. So, uh, but we're glad to see your happy and smiling faces today, and this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, because this is a new year. New year that God has given us. If you have your Bible with you this morning, go to Psalm chapter 28. Psalm chapter 28 this morning for our uh, our lesson. Uh, just some thoughts to you this morning, and uh, maybe something to encourage you as we as we come to this new year. And opportunities. This is an opportunity. This is a time when we can begin to allow God to really begin to work our, in our hearts again, in our lives. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I don't make uh, New, Year res- New Year's resolutions. I don't do that. You know why? I never kept them. You know, so why am I going to do something I'm not going to say I'm not really going to do? So I, I begin to ask God, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to be? How do you want me to present myself? And I begin to ask God, God, what do you want? And as we look in Psalms chapter 28, and we're going to read the whole Psalm because there's only uh, eight, eight, nine verses to it. And if you won't mind, let's stand as we honor the reading of God's word this morning. Psalm chapter 28. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications. When I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle, draw me not away from the wicked and with the workers of iniquity which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands. Render to them their desert. You know, uh, desert, you know, it's interesting. Notice that talked there in that verse what they are going to get. It's not what we say they're going to get. It's what they're going to get because of their own deeds. As we go on, because they regard not the work of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands, he shall destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my, my heart uh, gladly rejoices, and my song will I praise him. The Lord is there is their strength, and he is, is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. And may God have the blessing reading his word. Thank you. you may be seated. I want to talk to you, our hope for years to come. Our hope for years to come. And uh, uh, there's a lot of things I'm hoping for and I'm looking forward to. And one of the things I'm going to be beginning to start probably in next Sunday and have a series of how to break the silence, how to really, how to really witness. You know, a lot of times we, uh, we say we witness, but are we really witnessing? 
I have a young man that uh, uh, our church uh, sponsored into the country. His name's Ben Benjamin Shore. He's up in Scotland. He's uh, around. He's south of Edinburgh, and he has a st- uh, church started in Longhead. And uh, uh, it's a busy part of, of that part of, of Edinburgh. And uh, he's a young fella, but he always replies to me. And, and uh, these guys that I, we sponsor, they, they get a hold of me every, every day. In fact, just as we got started uh, the service, one of them uh, emailed me already because I get it on my phone. It said, Happy New Year to me and what he's doing today. But uh, Ben is, is an interesting fella because when he writes to me, he talks about the opportunities he had to witness. And it encourages me. But also, it brings conviction to me, and I'm glad of that. You see, a lot of times we say, oh, I like that encouragement, but we need to have the conviction too. We need to have the Holy Spirit convicting our hearts and our lives, making us realize, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? As he talks about, he says, I was out on the doors the other day, and I had an opportunity to, to witness to, and he talked about Muslims, he talked about atheists, he talks about, uh, about uh, all different types of people he's been able to come across, but he talks about how he had the opportunity to witness to them and use the Bible and tell them about Jesus Christ. Now, not all of them got saved. Now, folks, that's what you're going to have to understand. We don't save them, God does. Our responsibility is just go out there and tell them. But if we never tell them, we're not doing our responsibility. But he talks about he's just, he just able to just give an opportunity to witness to them. And he takes every opportunity that comes along to be able to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I, I listen to that, and I tell him, I, I write back to him, I said, you keep it up, brother. The fruit is going to come. God's word will not return void. God will always honor his word. And that's the thing we've got to realize. Through this next coming year, what are we going to do with our lives? What are we building in our lives? What are our lives going to do? You're going to have circumstances. You're going to have problems. You're going to have troubles. This new year, you're going to still have the same things you had happen last year. Health problems. How many had health problems this past, that past year? All right. I mean, how many? How many had some a death in the family or some close friends for the past year? How many had a, a financial problems in the past year? You know, I can go on and on. And people, and you know, some of you aren't going to raise your hand on anything, but uh, you know, uh, you, you, you were going to go through problems. But we can get over all the problems and all the circumstances and all the things that come along is what we build in our lives with God, as it says, our hope for years to come, building. Building is an important thing. Uh, this, uh, you know, we, we think we want to build something. We want to see God build our lives, but then we don't like the inconvenience. Yeah. Any of you ever do, put, uh, do an extension on your house? You build onto your house or you, you, put, in, you put in a new, uh, something new, and just the inconvenience of all the stuff that goes on, all the workers are there, all the, all the materials are there, you know, the dust, the dirt, and everything else, you know. And, and, and what you think is you don't think about, oh, this is going to be great. You think about, man, once they get all dirty, they got to do all the decoration. You got to do all this. You got to buy new curtains here. and You got to do, you know, man, I'm, I'm already tired, you know. We think it's inconvenient. And a lot of times, the reason why we never even go any farther in our lives because we think God is just too inconvenient to give my life to you. God, you're going to mess up my life. Well, God messes up our life for a good reason. To get us to where he wants us to be. 
And we got to realize that if we're going to build something of our lives and something that's going to last through the years, we're going to have to begin to die to self and get rid of ourselves and allow God to really become what he needs to be in our lives. And that means a lot of times we're going to have to really change life. We're going to have to change things. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We cannot keep on going the same way we are going now. Had it worked this past year? A lot of times it hasn't, has it? That means a change. Uh, in the hymn book, where'd that hymn book go? Go to 160. You know this song. It is a good hymn. I like this hymn. The Solid Rock. It goes, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Now, I know the piano players aren't up there, but uh, I, can, I, I got a big enough voice. And, uh, you know, you won't feel like you're singing by yourself. Let's sing. Let's sing this song, all right? Let's sing it. it it's a good hymn, especially to start a new year. All right? Ready? Here we go. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood, support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his likeness alone, to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. You notice when we just sing out with our hearts, it really means more. It really means more. You can hear what you're singing. And this coming year, that's what we should be able to build upon, is building upon Jesus Christ, the solid rock. He's the one that, is, that has everything eternally taken care of. He's the one that we can place our lives upon and just put everything upon, and he has it taken care of. 
Don't you like it this year if you could say, okay, I don't have any worries. I don't have any, any, uh, uh, any, any other things going on. I can just let somebody else do it, somebody else take care of it. I, I just go on and just live life. Wouldn't you like that? Well, we do in Jesus. Now, notice in verse 7 is where we want to park ourselves this morning. As we look at verse number 7, we find out he gives us about building our lives. In verse 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and my song will I praise him. First of all, we need to realize that the Lord is our strength and shield. Our strength and shield. You know, a lot of times when we think of a shield, we only think of those little bitty little things around. But, you know, they weren't really that way. They were long, and they were rounded, just like this, this uh, pulpit. They were tall and rounded. Where they could hide behind them, they, had a, they were safe in those shields, and they could put a bunch of them together, and they would be able to advance into the, into the battle because they were, sh- they were sheltered, but then they had the, able to have the shields to push the men back. And a lot of times... We get out from the shelter. You see, we don't allow God to be our strength and our shelter. In Psalms 119 verse 14 says, Thou art my, my, uh, my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. We get out from the hiding place. You know, God's not saying we're hiding from the world. God has said the hiding place is where I will take you and I will keep you and I will begin to minister unto you and I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will get you back where you need to go and and I will get you back into strength to get out into the battle. So many times we don't realize that God is our strength. We are weak people. We are are very weak people in the sense that we're frail. How many of you enjoy falling down? No, it hurts. <laughs> you know, you know, falling down, we don't like to fall down. You know, we don't like to get hurt. I remember one time when I was a bit younger than what I am now. Uh, we, I was in Wolverhampton, and I was, I was, uh, it was kind of late in the evening, and I needed to hurry to the shop where I was going. And uh, I was going across the car park, and there was a, one of these little chain link fences that they had, you know, just one link, one chain. And I, I was, went over and started to go over it, and my back foot caught it, boom, fell straight down my face. Boy, now, I did it just like anybody else. I got up real quick and looked around, you know, making sure nobody saw me, you know. But I hurt. <laughs> I hurt pretty bad. You know, some of the times we, we're a frail people, and God knows that. God knows this world is going to hurt us. You remember what the Bible says in John? He says, the peace I give to you is not like the world. In the world, you have tribulation. But he gives us peace, and he'll give us time where he can take care of us. And a lot of times, we don't let God take care of us. We get mad at God for the situations that happen, for the circumstances that go on. We get mad at God. God says, no, you don't get mad at me. Come and hide with me. Let me minister unto you. Let God minister to you this year. When you begin to realize that he's your shield, that he's your strength, that he will renew us. Notice, uh, this is one of my favorite part uh, uh, in, in Psalm. Uh, Psalm, I think, 145, where's it, 149? Let's go uh, back here. Oh, 147, Psalm 147, and, and, and this is the first three verses. He says, praise ye the Lord, 
where it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praises comely. The Lord both uh, doth build up Jerusalem and gather together the outcast of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. God knows that our hearts get broken. God knows that things out there in this world, the way the world treats Christians, it is not easy. God says, listen, I will heal your broken heart. I will bind your wounds. I will make sure you get healed it up to be able to go out and keep going on for the glory of God. You know, the Bible says, faint not. And the word faint does not mean we fall over because of a lack of blood going to our head. It means that we quit. We stop. We don't get involved anymore. We don't get in, inside and, and work with God anymore. We quit. And God does not like quitters. He doesn't want quitters. He understands we get hurt. So he says, listen, come into my shield. Realize you come in here, there's strength. You'll find strength and healing to help us to carry on. Because when you begin to really get out there and you begin to really be honest with God, and you begin to be trustworthy with God, you begin to say, God, I'm going to give you everything I have in my life no matter what it is. The world is going to get after you. And the devil is going to send people into your life to cause you to get discouraged. It's going to cause, and a lot of times it could be even family members. And a lot of times, and the sad thing about it, it could be other Christians. People even in this fellowship. Well, what do they think they are? Who do they think they are? What are they doing that for? You know, we haven't done that in years. You know, we only do this. You know, this is the thing. This coming year, I heard his brother praying that you've been doing some things that your pastor has been doing and realize what your pastor does. You know what would be the greatest help for your pastor is that when he comes back, you keep up those things. You keep those jobs going. Because he's not going to go, oh, I don't have any job. He's got other things. You know, folks, we got to, but sometimes we don't, we're not building on our lives. We're not allowing God to build upon us. He was the, he was, uh, he was the, uh, the cornerstone that disallowed, but he became the cornerstone of our lives. We accept him as our Lord and Savior. We can bank upon him. We can build upon him. Everything is sured upon him. As he says there, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Also, number two, we ought to realize our hearts can fully trust him. Our hearts can fully trust him. Notice there in, in verse 7, he says, Not only is my strength and my shield, my heart trusteth in him. And the word trusted also is in here in the Old Testament, the same word that we use in the New, New Testament as faith. Where truly is your faith? Sometimes I, I, I wonder why Christians, what they think. When the pastor gets a meeting together and he puts things together and, and services together and people, a, a Christian, get up, get up on Sunday morning and say, oh, I just don't feel like going today. Is that real faith? Can we really sit there and go, oh, it doesn't make any difference? And that's what a lot of Christians do. They can say, well, I can come and go if I want. That's not faith. Does Jesus do that? Does the Holy Spirit do that? Does God do that? What is God? God is so merciful. God is everlasting. God is, he's a God that cannot lie. He will always do what his word says. And his word says that he's going to be faithful. What's God going to do? He's going to be faithful. What should we as Christians 
who truly know him in faith, what should our lives express? Faithfulness. Now, I understand that people having a cold. My wife has a cold. She, uh, since uh, after Christmas Day, she's got this cold, and she has. But she's this morning. She played the piano. She's playing the piano at church. Now, I know you don't want to spread your germs around, but there's one thing that sometimes that we allow even just a hangnail to leave us from going to church. Oh, I got a headache today. What really gets me? I don't know if any of you realize it. Was, I know some people who can predict I'm going to have a headache on the third Sunday of next month, so I won't be there. Now, I, I, I have a little hard time with that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I spilt a bit of tea out of my cup this morning, and I'm so un, un, upset about it, so I couldn't get to church this morning. Hey, there's some people who will let little things like that, no matter what it is, cause them to stop. But, the, but, the, but if we're going to build our lives, we've got to realize that we have to build our lives upon faith, our heart of faith. A heart that, that a faith that, that a heart that is truly with God in tune with God. And we're going to go and walk with God no matter what else is going on. I remember once, I remember once in a while, and I think I probably your pastors thought this every once in a while. I wonder if I'll act just like some of my members do. Don't show up on Sunday. See what they do. I know what most members would do. Oh, Pastor, you should have been there. You know, and then you won't show up. Where's the faith? Where really is your heart? Is your heart really in God? If your heart's really in God, that's what you're going to be doing every day anyway. You're going to be worshiping every day. You're going to be a part of him every day. You're going to take every opportunities every day. God is going to become your heart. And when you come, as the Bible says, forsaking not to of yourself. You know the reason why we come today on the Lord's day is, yes, we come to worship, but it's also come today where we can rejoice together with each other. And when the world begins to see the Christians rejoicing, you know, that means even having a smile on your face. There's nothing wrong with having a smile on the face on Sunday. You know that? You know, there's nothing wrong with laughing in church on Sunday. You know, God's not going to go, oh, he's not going to do that. It comes rejoicing. We come rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. We come bringing, bringing gifts unto God. We come worshiping him and bearing those things that God has blessed us with through the week and say, God, praise the Lord. Look what happened this week. I come to give you honor and praise. I don't think we go crazy about it. But I think we ought to have an attitude of worship and praise. Praise is not just sitting there. Because when you sing, I know some of you do that. I'm going to sing. You say, well, I don't have a voice. Well, can you tell me in the scriptures where it says, if, since you don't have a voice, you can't sing? Can you, can you find me a scripture that says that? It says, give a, make a joyful noise in the Lord. And I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because that's what the, look what the scripture says. He, says. he says, therefore, my heart greatly rejoices and my song. Wait a minute. A song, my song, he says there, I will praise him. When we sing, who are we singing to? I'm not singing to you. you know, I'm not singing for anybody else. I'm singing for God. My wife gets after me every once in a while because I'll go into churches, and i got a big voice, and, and, and I like to sing. 
And I enjoy singing hymns, and I enjoy singing the praises of God. And, and I'll sit there, and I'll just sing as loud as I can at the top of my voice. And Gail says, Tom, would you, you're, you're, you're covering everybody else. Well, everybody else ought to sing then. Why do we, why do we go, that's what we're going to sing later on here. If it's really in our heart, our faith in God is really in our heart, it will come out. Because what does the Bible say? What's in a heart, a man will come out. Number three, I'm ready to get going here. We recognize that he is our that, that he and uh, that is and trust him with our help for our help. Notice there, he says that that in verse seven, he said that therefore my heart God rejoices. He says, and I am helped. I am helped. One of the hard things about human beings, and especially Christians, they're proud. They don't like to ask for help. They don't like to ask for help. No, I don't need any help. Yeah, you do. Be honest. We all need help every once in a while. We all need help. And there's nothing wrong with asking for help. Because, see, that's what God's doing. God didn't say, do you need help? God says, here it is. That's a great thing about God. He's a, 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 he's a, a present time of help. And, and excuse me, what's the scripture say? In the present time of trouble, he's help. He's there. He helps us. And there's nothing wrong every once in a while to say, I need some help. I need some encouragement. I need some, you know, have some. You don't be worried about your life thinking nobody cares about me. It's because you never, uh, never uh, talk to anybody. And maybe sometimes we need help. Now, don't begin to be a moaner. There's a difference between help and moaning. How you doing today? Oh, I'm so bad. I tell you, this and that and the other, and I got this problem, that and the other, and, you know, we like to moan. God says, no, you don't moan. If you need help, ask for help. We have a, one of our little ladies, uh, Reen. She's been with us for 20, 25 years. And she's getting down to the point now where she can really only make it for Sunday morning because she can't, she can't get really get in the car anymore. She has a hard time. She comes on Sunday morning and 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 she can be hurting. Reen, how you doing? Praise God, I'm doing great. But when she needs help, she asks. She doesn't moan. See, there's a difference. This year, instead of moaning about everything, why don't you get in and help? Well, there's nobody there to do that. Well, maybe since you realize that, maybe you need to get in and do it. Can I mention something real quick? Because I do this at my church, church too. Services start at 11 o'clock, right? Why do we come in at 10 after? You know why? Because it's not a priority. It's not a priority. The time is not a priority. When I was growing up, there was five of us boys. There's my mom and my dad, and there was five of us boys. I'm the middle child, two young, two older than me, two younger than me. And all the other brothers are over six foot tall. I'm the shortest one. There was five of us. And mom and dad were born-again believers, and they said church is important. And you know what? We were always there at church 15 minutes. no. Take that back, because mom was a Sunday school teacher. We were there 30 minutes before church started. And that's with five boys. And that's when all we were just like this. 
Mom and dad taught us priorities. Church was a priority. Now, we'll go to a, 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 something out here in the world, an organization. We belong in an organization out in the world. And boy, they're going to have a meeting. And we'll be there when we're supposed to. We wouldn't come in there 10 minutes late. No way. It's important. Isn't God important? Isn't God the most important thing? If we truly have trust in him, he's our help, then should I want to be able to say, God, you are important to me. Your time is important to me. God, I want to be there with God's people. I want to be there when, when things are going on. I want to be there and greet people that come through the door. You miss out. You know, I, I, I know your pastor gets this too. And I want to help you a little bit on this. You know, they give notices here and they have it written here. And you know what? I can go for a month. And, and, and even ring them every day and go. And on the day they're supposed to do something, somebody call up, are we doing something today? What have you been doing? It's not a priority. It's not a priority. You see, the things of God ought to be a priority to us as Christians. The world really ought to be second. God first. Now, I know it's hard for some people to understand that. But if you're going to allow your, built, your life to be built on God, God has to become a priority. He's our help. And then the last thing this morning, I'm going to go on because my wife will get after me because she's going to fix me lunch later on. Our heart, therefore, can rejoice. Look at verse 7. And also I smell the coffee. It says, therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and my song will I praise him. You see, folks, because I know where my strength and my help is, my heart is trusted in him, then he's going to take care of me. And then when I come to church, I can truly sing the praises of God. You see, folks, if the only time we ever get to get with God is on Sunday, that's not enough. It's every day with God. Every day with God. Can I ask you something? Can anybody right now give me a testimony of God's blessing that you had this past week? Anybody had a blessing this past week? Anybody want to say it? See, there's a difference. We ought to say it when we have an opportunity. Anybody have a blessing this past week? Anybody? Yes, ma'am. What was it? Amen. Amen. Oh, isn't that wonderful? The unconditional love, love no matter what, that is, see, that's God too. Anybody else? Anybody else? Has God done anything? You see, now you may say, Brother Gritz, that's silly. Now we do this in our service. We'll take a time and ask people, anybody have a testimony? You know why? We want to know if God's working. And what happens when you begin to hear about people working, and you go, well, maybe, maybe I need to be doing something a little bit more. I want to be able to give a, a blessing. I want to be able to give a testimony. See, again, that's an opportunity. If we cannot speak of our blessings to people that we know and we love, that we're in a family, how can we do it to people out there we don't know? I ought to be able to praise my heart, gladden my heart, sing the songs of praise because of what God has done. He's building us. He's building us. Under the shadow of the throne... Thy saints have dwelt secure. Sufficient is thine arm alone, and our defense is sure. You see, folks, 
this coming year can be one of the greatest years for Bethel Free Baptist Church and become one of the greatest years of you personally when you begin to say, it's all going to be about God. There's my security. There's my shelter. There's my help. And I want to praise his name. This week, you ought to work so, so hard to, to say, I'm going to let God do something in my life this week. I'm going to let him do something in my life. So when I come to church on Sunday, man, I can sing the praises. Man, I can begin to, to be, be an encouragement. I can begin to do something that I've never done before, that I can really be involved, and I can let God begin to do something. No matter what the circumstances are, even through the hard circumstances, God can be glorified. Even in the lowest ebb of your life, God can be glorified. As we're saying, what's the title of our, our sermon? Our hope for years to come is God. And he's already put it in place. You know what we had to do? We had to apply it. Just let him do what he wants to do. Let's bow our heads in word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this day, and thank you for these people coming out and on this New Year, New Year's Day on Sunday. And Lord, may this, this time uh, that they will take time this morning of, of coming to these altars and, Lord, renewing their lives. And Lord said, I want something that's going to last, God. And God, I'm going to come down today, and I'm just going to give it all back to you. Lord, I want you to begin to just do that work within me. I want to be able to have that, that heart that truly trusts in you. I want to see the strength that you're going to give me. I want to be able to have a, a, a heart that, that is glad, and I want to be able to sing the praises to you. But God, it all depends on how we react to you. It's not going to be automatic. We have to make a decision. May people make those decisions today. Fortune Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.